This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Thiefstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Year's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Finsider Radio, and more specifically, this is the Jake and Josh Show. Welcome in, and I'm joined by the one, the only, Josh Houts. How are you doing today, buddy? I'm doing good, man. Uh, you know, as good as we can be in these times, but we just got to keep talking about football because that's the only way to get through it. Yeah, and that's kind of the, the exciting thing is we have had football news. Um, we'll get into some you know concerns about the draft moving forward uh, a little later. But I mean, for the sake of us, the ability to you know churn football content, to have football ideas and topics to talk about have been coming pretty easily. And that's really all we can ask for at this time. I mean, I don't think anybody's banging on, on the table for people to be playing games or anything like that. Just we need something, you know. Um, I work at a local newspaper here in Pittsfield, Massachusetts, and everyone I've talked to, the sense isn't necessary. Like, why is this happening? That everyone understands, but we don't have that way to to escape to you know vent about sports for a little bit. So I'm glad I get to do that with you here. And you know, I created a rundown for this, and you know, I'll go through a couple different websites. I'll go through Twitter and like pluck out different topics. And you know, there was one that really stood out to me, and you know. There's a saying in journalism, you never talk about the dog that bit a man, but you talk about the man that bit a dog. 
And by that, I mean, you look at the unorthodox, you look at the weird, and you're the guy for this. I think, you know, when people talk about butt sweat, they think Josh Houts. So <laughs> tell me a little bit, Ted Karras, uh, I don't know if I pronounced that right, Karras, whatever it may be. Uh, Karras, Karras is very fitting, though. If it's not, <laughs> if it's not I mean, you just nailed it. <laughs> That's that was not planned. That joke- was not planned. Oh, that's wonderful. But you uh, you posted a story on the Fin side, I believe, uh, where, where, where where Teddy here, ex-Patriot Center, new Miami Dolphins Center, um, he had a specific towel designated for butt sweat. Would you like to care to uh, break this down a little bit for me? Yeah, well, I think you said it best. And I, I think, like you said, <laughs> someone just realized that Josh Houts equals butt sweat towel, and they just reached out to me. I was telling you before we came on the air that – it was a lady from, uh, her name is Lindsay from radio.com, just kind of reached out and said, you know, here's this interview. Maybe you want to write an article about it and throw it up on the Finsider. So I did, but it's just a crazy interview. It's it's pretty nice to get to know, you know, the Dolphins' new center, as many of us believe. We know they'll probably address the offensive line in the draft, but, you know, they got rid of Kilgore. They brought in Ted Karras. Um, we'll call him Ted Karras just based on this <laughs> interview alone. But, you know, it's a funny story about his butt sweat towel, and I, I hope everyone – listens to the interview because it's interesting to say the least and it's a good way to get to know you know the Dolphins new center and you know let me know if this is just me because these are the type of things that you know everybody wants to you know look at their highlights or or look at specific things about people but those aren't what I remember I remember these goofy little details I mean Durham Smythe would sweat through three pairs of gloves during training camp a couple years ago and I still repeat that same little story just to just to kind of keep bringing it up as, as something unique. These are the type of things, you know, I love to hear about. I love when we get out of the same nonsense of, you know, we're trying to get better every day. We're going to do what's best for the team. You know, we're just working on getting better. We're just focusing. The same BS we get all the time. Let me hear about the ass sweat. You know, that is something new. That is in a, an orthodox way, very refreshing to hear somebody kind of be, up close and really these are the things people want to you know talk about not necessarily this specifically but give me those these details that these professional athletes kind of deal with in their lives what hardships do they have do they sweat through three pairs of gloves this is fun this is interesting because i'd rather hear this 10 times out of 10 instead of i'm excited about the future i think the team's headed in the right direction the same generic speech we get from everybody in their interview i am all for it I'm all for Teddy, man. I hope he works out well here in Miami and, you know, hopefully sticks it to his former employer, the Patriots, later this season. That would be wonderful. That'd be wonderful. And so last week, it was a lot of free agency. And and as it goes in free agency, there's like um, a four or five day window where things really speed through. It is like a car chase with the signings that kind of seem to happen and pop up out of nowhere. And and it seems like one after another, you're saying, you know, oh my God, who saw this coming? And and so on and so on. Then we go through a little bit of a slow period before things start to those, those maybe mid-tier free agents who, who, you know, might not be addressed in the draft. These, these specific positions that might not be addressed in the draft. Excuse me. I think Eric Rowe was one of those last year. Um, they're the guys who you can kind of wait to spend on. You don't need to throw the big money around to. So we're in that lull right now, right in the middle, where we're waiting for the draft. We're waiting to see what holes the Dolphins still may have, what the depth is looking like. So there has been a lot of Tua talk lately. A lot, a lot of Tua talk. And as the captain of the Tua ship, what have we been seeing lately uh, uh, surrounding the Alabama quarterback? Yeah, and I'm not sure if I'm the captain, but I'm definitely part of that, uh, you know, a tier group that's been on the 
tank for Tua train or ship or whatever it might be for quite some time. But, you know, we heard rumors come out that the Dolphins, they try to bring Tua in right before the NFL facilities closed. I mean, you know, they brought in Jordan Love, they brought in J.K. Dobbins. So you have to think that they are very interested in these guys. You want to see maybe the way his hip was healing, you know, who knows what they wanted to get to, to reach out to Tua for. We know that didn't happen. And, you know, there was a video that someone tweeted out a few days prior and it showed Tua and his brother throwing. It sounded like it was into the wind, but, you know, Tua kind of threw a pass at a lot of people weren't fans of. And I, I use the term noodle. I No disrespect to Chad Pennington, but he had a noodle arm and it looked like a Chad Pennington, you know, al dente linguine noodle that he was just throwing, <laughs> uh, you know, just flopping around the wind. And this pass did not look great. And a lot of people were like, oh, see, we don't, we don't need Tua. He sucks. And then I think it was two days ago, you know, he came out on Instagram and he showed those workouts with Trent Dilfer. And, you know, it was a short video. I think it was was about four clips that equaled about 28 seconds, but Tua looked pretty freaking good. You know, the hip looked good. He looked like he was putting some torque on those passes. His footwork is second to none, as is. He looked good, and, you know, you saw uh, Dan Orvlosky of ESPN. He came out and said, you know, if some team wants this, he, he first he said Tua looks light years better than he ever expected he would right now at the end of March, and I think that speaks volumes. Again, no one truly can meet with him. You got to kind of go off what his doctors are saying, but – he looked great, and even Orlowski said if a team wants him, you know, whether it's Miami, whether it's, you know, the Chargers or the Jacksonville or the Vegas, they're going to have to move up for him because he looked that good in this video. I don't know how true that is, but, again, if you believe that Tua Tungvaloa is that quarterback to, you know, turn this franchise around, you got to do what it takes to get him. I do think eventually that's going to be to trade up to three, if not higher. Yeah, and I think the key here is that you're not saying all these things based on what you saw in the video. It's that what we didn't see in the video, and it's that we actually had a video. You know, uh, you were on board of drafting Tua at five, even. I think you, I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but even trading up for him before this happened. And, you know, I saw some responses to you posting this stuff, you know, man, we're really going to draft this guy fifth overall based on 28 seconds worth of video? No, absolutely not. You know, he was worthy of this before all of these injuries happened to see him get that progress to see how you mentioned, uh, uh, you know, Orlowski said that he looks light years ahead. That is the key here. It's not that he posted 28 seconds and we're all jazzed up. Like this is the guy he did this and he looks so elite. It's the progress that we haven't been able to see. It's that uncertainty starting to slowly dip away surrounding drafting someone like Tua. And I think that is really what, what I think some people are missing when you get, you know, hyped about seeing these videos. It doesn't matter that he posted the, you know, the, the crux of the whole thing isn't that it's a 28-second video of him running around. It's the fact that he's farther ahead on schedule. It's like we're not basing the fact of us drafting him based on, you know, he just ran around for, you know, 30 seconds. That has little to do with it, but it's more of that uncertainty starting to slip out of our brains, and I think that's kind of the key here. Yeah, and it was more of a reassuring thing because, like you said, I mean, if he didn't get hurt, he was probably going to be number one overall. I mean, he would at least be there with Joe Burrow. You know, he people make fun of his injury concerns or whatnot. He played on one ankle and outperformed, you know, what Joe Burrow did in that LSU-Alabama game. He, he was that good. You know, this is a prospect that's been talked about for years, and, you know, he, he's fallen into the Dolphins lap and whether they have to trade up for him or not I mean this is the ideal situation and I know people want to continue to talk about his injury concerns you know any quarterback that takes a hit's going to probably have the same type of injury but you're right it's not so much that he went out there and threw passes against air and ran and you know dropped back a few times it's that it is March and I think he was just on crutches like you know a month ago and you know everyone was questioning how far along he was he might actually still have a pro day where he's going to send you know the tape to all 32 NFL teams you know uh, and, and that's crazy to think of when 
it just seems like so like three or four months ago, people were saying this was the Bo Jackson injury and he might never play again. I mean, that's what it all comes down to. A man that many believe, you know, this could be a seizing, a career ending injury is dropping back like nothing happened. I mean, it, it speaks volumes about the type of player that he is, you know, uh, how motivated he is. And, and this is a guy that, you know, again, if the Dolphins believe he's the guy, they got, they're going to have to make it happen. And I don't think they can just sit at five. And again, you're, you're right. I felt that way before this video. I absolutely feel that way now. If he's your guy, move up to three, move up to two, do whatever you got to do to make sure that he's a Miami Dolphin for the future. And, you know, speaking of dumb and weird things, I mean, this year for quarterbacks, Josh, Let's ignore the draft. I mean, what we've seen in terms of quarterbacks on the move, quarterbacks changing places, quarterbacks still being free agents, and, and some might still be cut. How? What's kind of your reaction when you see like all these different names, and, and I'm sure we'll go through them in a minute, just switching places? Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. It's crazy, and you know how important the position is, and to see some of these veterans, you know, the biggest being Tom Brady. I mean, he feels like he was never going to leave New England, and I still don't believe that it's real. It's going to be real weird seeing him, a guy that we've hated for so many years, you know, now in Tampa Bay, where you can kind of root for him a little bit. You know, you don't have to hate Tom Brady anymore because he, he left the evil empire and he's going to do his own thing. You know, we can sit here and list off the quarterbacks that changed places Philip Rivers in Indy. I mean, he's another guy. You thought he was going to be at the Chargers his entire career. Nick Foles in Chicago, that's a place where he could probably beat out Mitchell Trubisky if he's the same Nick Foles that won a Super Bowl in Philly. Teddy to the Panthers, I, I, that's still kind of something that just kind of came out of nowhere, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. uh, I know you'll touch on these guys yourself and kind of give your own little opinion here. Jameis Winston, Cam Newton. The Cam Newton thing, I mean, once they signed Teddy, that kind of seemed like uh, it was inevitable, but I'm kind of surprised they couldn't get any trade value. I'm still surprised that Jameis Winston's out there because, you know, he, he did pretty good. Uh, okay, he didn't do good last year. He had, what, 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions. We know that he had, it. Uh, I think it was a messed up uh, hand. Uh, he had a messed up wrist injury, and then he had, you know, the, the, the eye problems where everyone made the jokes. He went and got, his, got LASIK and fixed his eyesight, so... He's still a young player, and that's the same with Cam Newton. People act like this dude's 50 years old. He, he's turning 31. He was an MVP in the league at one point. So I'm a little scared because there's a huge need for a quarterback, you know, up in New England. Which one of these guys is Bill Belichick have his eye on? Because he, he, he has shown in the past that he can win the division with Matt Castle. I mean, I'd be a little worried. Yeah, and so it's, it's very um, – it's weird because I think the Jameis – situation people are trying to be too smart and i think uh if this was any other year i don't think this would have happened but with all the quarterbacks available i mean this dude led the league in yards this dude had 30 touchdowns and yes he had 30 interceptions but this is a guy you can't really give up on if when you see guys like nick Foles going to you know chicago how do you not sign someone like Jameis winston instead um and then you know the cam newton thing is another you know very very weird one 
uh, two. But but these are two guys I think that really should have jobs. I think with how desperate teams are for quarterbacks, you're telling me that when the Dolphins signed Jay Cutler in 2017, and you're a damn liar if, if you agree with this, you would have signed Jay Cutler over Jameis Winston right now. I mean, that's just mind-boggling how, how much one year can, you know, completely change a market with just the availability and, and the opportunity that that's put out there. I mean, I just don't think it's fair that this guy doesn't have a job. I mean, he's going to get one. I mean, it's it, it's impossible. But I mean, I understand having to fight for your job. I understand having to embrace a, you know, a competition role. That's perfectly fine. I feel like every team should do that every year. Uh, but, but the fact this guy doesn't have a job uh, is kind of crazy to me. I think that you look at Two teams who are are really open for business in terms of a quarterback are the Chargers and Dolphins uh, that, that really aren't settled. And, and you think these two teams are going to be in for, for quarterbacks? I leave out Cincy because you kind of think Joe Burrow uh, is already happening there. But even then, we, we've heard whispers about that not being the case, haven't we? We have, and that's kind of been the big thing that's kind of picked up steam lately. But just to go back real quick to Jameis Winston and Cam Newton to tie it into the Miami Dolphins, I mean— we all love what Ryan Fitzpatrick did. You know, this is going to be one of those how hot takes there. People are just going to kill me in the comments. But we know Ryan Fitzpatrick's 37 years old. We know in the past, you know, he's had these great seasons. He's earned a new contract. You know, everyone loved him. Franchises loved him. Invested money, resources in him. And then he reverted back to, you know, Fitz Tragic. You can't tell me that you bring in a Jameis Winston. I believe he's 26 years old. At one point, he was supposed to be the face of the, the NFL, you know, when he came out. Like, he was a sure thing, they thought. And, you know, whatever reason it is, he just didn't quite work out. Cam Newton, again, another guy, 31 years old, completely changed the game of football. You cannot tell me, and again, I don't know where he'd fit in here. I think the Dolphins are more than happy. Let me repeat, the Dolphins are more than happy with Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know, what he did last year, winning five games, the way he put these younger players on his back, I mean, they're more than happy with him. But you can't tell me you bring in a Jameis Winston or a Cam Newton for competition that they probably can't beat out. Ryan Fitzpatrick, if it was an open quarterback competition, and then, you know, maybe the Dolphins do something else there at quarterback, but I don't know how you feel about that. I, I just had to throw that out there because we all love Ryan Fitzpatrick. We know he's going to be the quarterback in 2020, but you can't tell me that the Dolphins franchise bringing in a Jameis Winston, a young, hungry player that can still be an NFL starter or a Cam Newton, who's now hungrier than ever, who's probably going to, you know, go to a team and, and continue to have success that he had before all these injuries. You can't tell me that the Dolphins won't be better off at quarterback if they brought in one of those guys. I completely agree. I completely think that that would be a great, great opportunity. I think if a Brian Flores led team isn't good enough to, you know, pull out a Jameis Winston and, you know, make a sustainable quarterback, then I think that's where you get your, you know, uh, all right, we're done. We're not going to try this anymore. But for all the breaks Tannehill got in his time in Miami, I still think that it's, it's crazy. I think the Patriots are a team who's still open, but I mean, they only have $2 million in cap space right now. Yes, they could make some cuts, but I mean, I was just going through this yesterday. I mean, they are strapped for cash. I saw they signed Brian Hoyer for a million dollars. Unless they draft someone, I think that's going to pretty much do it for them in, in terms of quarterback. So you think about the Chargers and the Dolphins. Um, and then uh, Washington, who was scheduled to pick number two. There were a couple people thinking they were... Uh, Again, I like using the term galaxy brains. They think they had everything all figured out, saying, well, Washington's going to do it. Washington's going to sign them. They just trade for Kyle Allen to go with Dwayne Haskins, and you could argue that, yeah, Kyle Allen isn't the future, but when you're already giving up capital for a backup, you aren't going to trade two picks in the same draft for a quarterback. I just don't see that happening. Um, and then I have some interesting notes about the Giants and Dave Gettleman. Uh, this comes from Peter King of NBC Sports. Excuse me. Uh 
He has never, ever, ever in Carolina, in New York, traded down. A GM who has made 45 picks and never traded down. Can you wrap your head around the fact, like, every time it's like you're playing Madden and you're just grabbing, you know, this guy's the best player available, let's go to him. You th- And it's kind of crazy. Uh, Peter King was kind of mind blown about it. He said it was borderline negligent which is hard works. GM John Snyder, the Seahawks, used last year's 21st overall pick and traded down six times to accumulate picks. So you see what Washington's doing. You see New York, what they're doing. All of a sudden, you know, is trading up with the team like the Lions really necessary in order to get someone like Tua when you hear about this and it's only the Dolphins and Chargers fighting for uh, someone like Tua? I'm not sure, and that's kind of what it's all going to come down to. You know, it's a game of kind of poker, and you need to see how those chips fall in the draft and, you know, which team is going to get eager enough to trade up. And we mentioned it in a podcast earlier. You know, whatever team decides to trade up, if they try to trade up ahead of Miami, that team that they're trading with is going to call the Dolphins to see if they can match it. So no matter what happens, if the Dolphins want to atone by low, I think they can get him unless, you know, of course, Washington for some reason tricks everyone and takes him. But at the end of the day, I mean – it comes down to, you know, how do the Dolphins view these quarterbacks? You know, do they have Justin Herbert and Tua Tungvaloa neck and neck? You know, is it going to be, you know, they're going to stay at five and let whichever one of them fall right into their lap because they've done the work on Herbert. And I know people don't like Herbert. Some people love him. They've done the work on him. So how are they viewing this? Are they going to trade up for a guy who is coming off that hip injury, regardless of what those 28 seconds showed? Are they going to put instill their faith in his in his uh you know, doctors and, and make that move, or are they just going to stay pat and take whichever quarterback falls into their lap? It's it's tough to say, and this is kind of why I'm glad I'm not Chris Greer and the rest of the Dolphins' front office, because it's a tough decision to make. And I do think they're going to call up to and try to inquire about Joe Burrow. They're going to see if they can somehow pry him away from Cincinnati, but I don't think there's any way in heck, you know, that the Cincinnati Bengals pass on Joe Burrow because he's a surefire thing. And I think that it's going to come down to, again, how their draft board's laid out, how they view these guys. And if they're neck and neck, I would not be surprised at all if they just stay pat and let whichever fall in their lap. But for me, I think it's Joe Burrow. And I think it's to a Joe Burrow. That's a whole nother tier than, you know, the Herberts in love, but it all comes down to how the Dolphins view things. And speaking of that, Joe Burrow's been liking a couple of tweets lately, hasn't he? He hasn't. It kind of picked up steam and someone, you know, I think they tagged me in it or whatever it was, Brian Ricard on Twitter, and I tweeted it, and, you know, Dave Hyde and Barry Jackson or whoever it was, you know, Dolphins Media, their their beat writers picked up on it, and it kind of took a shape of its own, and I saw Bengals fans saying, you know, well, he's liked uh, some, of, some of our tweets before, and you go through his likes, and even dating back to, you know, October, November, December, he is not liking any Cincinnati Bengals tweets. I don't know what they see there. He, he is not. And, you know, we've heard in the past he says he likes what Brian Flores is building there. We know no one. You know, TJ Hushmanzada, you know, the, the Palmer brothers. Nobody is telling this guy that he is going to do the right thing and go to Cincinnati, who, again, has done nothing in free agency. They've done nothing to help build this team and prove that they want to win. So I think if it was up to Joe Burrow and you said, yeah, where do you want to play? You'd probably say Carolina to go to go reunite with Joe Brady, but they're not in that situation. They just signed Teddy Bridgewater. Maybe they go quarterback. They're probably not going quarterback. Comes down to the Dolphins, and I think a young player sees what the Dolphins are doing, and they're building you know, a juggernaut on defense. They have 14 draft picks. If there's any team in recent memory that can make that jump from 5-1, to one, it's the Miami Dolphins. And Again, it, just like I said with the Dolphins and their draft board, it comes down to how Cincinnati views the rest of this quarterback class. You know, that they coached Justin Herbert at the Senior Bowl. You know, and as much as I hate the comparison, Ryan Tannehill to 
as much as I hate the Ryan Tannehill to Justin Herbert comparison, Zach Taylor was with Ryan Tannehill throughout his college career and into the NFL, you know, so he might see the similarities there and that might appeal to him. I, I don't know, but it really comes down to that. I think Cincinnati would be absolute fools to trade that pick away, but if a team offers you three three first-round draft picks, you know, no matter how much you love that guy, it's pretty tempting. I don't know what the ammunition would be, but again, it comes down to me, in my opinion, if the Dolphins love Joe Burrow and he is clearing away their number one quarterback, you at least do whatever you can to try to make that happen. Would you trade three first-round picks for Joe Burrow? Two this year, one next year. Two this year and one next year? I, yes. I if, if he was their number one, I would have no problem with them doing that. Personally, I would wait and try to get two. I'd move up and, you know, worst case, you're getting up to 26th pick to move up two spots, and I think that might even be too rich. But I would rather take two than trade three draft picks to get Joe Burrow. But, I mean, I, if that notification came up on your phone, how upset would you be? You know, if they gave up five and 26 and then next year's first not even houston's they they kept their they kept houston's and gave up theirs like how would you feel about that you, you wouldn't you wouldn't be upset right it's one of those things yeah yeah i i i get it i get the frustration but i mean you the, the amount of excitement around trading three first round picks for your franchise quarterback it's worth it i i think it's worth it i mean i don't think if i that's why i'm glad i'm not in charge i don't think i'd aggressively try to pursue it and if it went above three first-round picks, I'd start be going, eh, I don't know. But if you were to completely just rip off the Band-Aid and say, like, shocker, the Dolphins mo- traded three first-round picks for Joe Burrow, I'd be like, hell yeah, let's ride. Let's do it. Let's go. These guys have a plan. I'm trying to be comfortable with whatever Chris Greer and Brian Flores decide, and, and it's kind of a cop-out answer. But, yeah, I'd, I'd be pretty settled with that. Yeah, and again, we're not sitting here advocating, you know, go trade three first-round picks because ideally you want to get your franchise quarterback and still build those holes on the offensive line, safety, you know, all the other holes the Dolphins have. You'd rather do that. But if you got a notification and there's not a single person on here listening to this, you know, you can be on a Tua in the Tua bandwagon. You can be a Justin Herbert fan. You can be, you know, a Jordan Love guy. You can be a let's kick the can down the road and ride just Josh Rosen. If you got a notification on your phone that Joe Burrow just got traded or the number one pick just got traded to the Miami Dolphins for whatever ammunition it is, part of you would get goosebumps and you'd be pretty freaking excited because at some point they, they all came together and said, this is our guy. You know, they built up the defense like we said. We know they have holes in the offensive line, but they went and made it happen. And I think you have to you have to show conviction. You know, it's something they haven't done in, in the last 20 years. They haven't addressed the quarterback position in a way where, you know, Ryan Tannehill was nice. But I'm sure they did not go into that draft thinking Ryan Tannehill was one of the top, th- uh, you know, the top two quarterbacks in that draft. You know, and Andrew Luck, we know he retired. We know what happened with RJ3. Ryan Tannehill's still playing. He's still making money. You know, maybe they did make outright or maybe they did do the right thing there their biggest issue was they never surrounded him with that supporting cast especially on the offensive line but pick your guy and do whatever it takes to make it happen i'd, I'd be okay with that and i'd, I'd buy a joe burrow jersey 100 percent. um so we mentioned at the beginning a little bit of scary news to to leave you guys with here let's end with the bad because we have to assume uh if if you aren't sick of the show yet we'll give you the the bad news save it for last um mike freeman uh, on twitter One thing to pass along, I'm increasingly hearing from coaches and front office executives that they believe it will be nearly impossible for the season to start in time. Some believe training camp will start in fall. Now, there are a couple things to pick out of there. The season starting on time doesn't necessarily mean, you know, opening day. That means, you know, training camps. That means does the draft get pushed back. Could it mean the first game of the season, especially, you know, with that end part? Some believe training camp will start in the fall. Sure, but this is just something to keep your eyes on. I think it's far too early 
I don't think anybody's in a rush to make these decisions, but it's just a little bit of uh, concern to, you know, blink on your radar out there. Yeah, I think what's even more concerning is if it doesn't start on time, that just says about, you know, that's a bigger issue with what's going on in the world today. You know, we all know we needed social distance and then stay inside and stay away from one another because the more we're out and active, you know, that's how this stage is going to continue to spread. So as much as we want football to come back, as much as, you know, that would be very disheartening after you just sat through a free agency that came on time, which many people didn't know would happen. You know, they're going to, by many accounts, the draft's going to be, as scheduled, despite GMs and, and front offices, you know, adamantly saying, let's push it back. That's going to be on time. I don't know if the NFL season will be. Like you said, this is kind of alarming, but at the end of the day, it says says more about the issues in the world than it would about football, in my opinion. Exactly, exactly. And hopefully it's not too big of a fear. Hopefully we'll keep bringing you guys shows. I'm going to actually have a lot more free time coming up for about a week, week and a half or so. So hopefully we'll pot a couple more times. I know, Josh, you're being superhero dad and you're the people that deserve the most credit in the world because this this shit's hard. And I'm sorry to swear there, but, but these are hard times that we're all dealing with. And props to people like you who are still, you know, grinding every day and making sure your daughters are living a happy, healthy life. Yeah, and even most importantly, you know, those in the healthcare field, you know, the the nurses, the doctors, the pharmacists, those types, those are the ones that are still out there. You know, they're, they're you know, at the front line, you know, taking care of some of these sick people. So, uh, you know, parents, take care of your children, but at the end of the day, it's those in the front that, you know, they're putting their self at risk to do what they love and to help others. So those are the real heroes. I do have to quick, uh, you know, we threw out that Marino, the Dan Marino Invitational on the Finsider at the Finsider. We kind of put out this March Madness bracket. I want everyone to go vote for that because, you know, Turtle put a lot of time into that, and I just had to plug that before we got off the air. So go vote. Uh, you know, Marlon Damsby, that was actually Carlos Damsby. My phone called him Marlon, so he's losing <laughs> to Randy McMichael anyway, so it doesn't matter. But, yeah, man, let's hope we can get together and do some more pods and everyone just be safe, you know, and just – Go Dolphins. I mean, that's all we can think about is hope that, you know, things line up the way we expect it and we can have football and everyone get back to living their, their lives the way they anticipate because we all want football in the fall. We all want to root for the new era of the Miami Dolphins. And we're all excited to see these new uh, free agents and the rookies that they inevitably draft, you know, take the field because exciting times are ahead for the Miami Dolphins. Exactly, exactly. Per- Continue the conversation. Reach out, out to us on Twitter. I'm jmetal94. Uh, my buddy Josh here at Houts. Simple enough. And uh, we'll bid you with this. Have a good day. Stay safe. Fins up. That was Finsider Radio, Fins part up. of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, cause we're the Miami Dolphins. Super Bowl.
Cause we're the Miami Dolphins Miami Dolphins Miami 